Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of the Third Deck Lounge podcast. Today, our guest is going to remain anonymous since he's still in, but we're going to have a cool conversation regardless. We're going to be talking about uh, MOS proficiency, and this is kind of cool because we, with Albert, we hit on um, being a better leader, and now we're going to be kind of getting into uh, just being more proficient at your uh, daily job. And uh, welcome to the show, man. This is going to be a cool conversation. What's up, brother? That's a nice, nice little intro. I wish, uh, wish I could say the name. I, I don't, I don't have too much longer. So here soon, I'll be able to say who it is. Yeah, yeah. The time flies, man. <laughs> um, so I mean, you, you, you know, it's, it's, it's really a, you know, it's not that I, it's not that I think that the Marine Corps is, is not proficient. It just to start it off, you know, I just want to make it really, really clear for any uh, higher ups that might be listening, because you know, those are. Those are the ones that I'm really trying to talk to because, you know, an, an, an enlisted guy, lower enlisted, can only make so much change. You know what I mean? Um, so j- just to make it clear, like, I'm not ragging on what the Marine Corps does. I think that uh, every once in a while, things can get stagnant and then people can get complacent. But one of the things that every O3 knows is complacency kills. Uh, we need we need to update things. Uh, things need to be changed. Uh, things need, need to be pushed uh, to be changed. Um and that, and that's and that's not for like a, a fad or like anything like that. That's 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 because of advancements that have came out on the individual side that that aren't taught uh, or that that just weren't thought about. Uh, it's also one of those things where like I can teach you, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm if I'm a team leader or whatever, a squad leader, uh, even platoon sergeant, uh, I can teach you all the team tactics, uh, you know, small unit tactics and stuff like that that I want. But at the end of the day, if I can't trust you as the individual. Uh, that's, that, that's, that's essentially going to get dudes killed. You know, if I can't trust you to make the hit, if I can't trust you to get your gun back up, if I can't trust you, um, to diagnose your weapon and do uh, preventative maintenance, uh, stuff like that, you know, that, that, that's an issue, especially as an 11 to where you should take pride in being able to take care of those things. Um, right. And also, that's good. Uh, you know, oh, my bad. No, you're good. I was going to say also, you know, we talk a lot about small unit leadership, well, uh, and decentralized command. So we always think that that stops at the fire team level uh, because, you know, the fire team leader is the lowest on uh, when it comes to the chain of command, essentially. But it's really not. You know, you as the individual, uh, you can be really good at being told what to do. But the difference is, is are you good at individual action? Are you good at thinking on your feet? Because, you know, there was a quote that that, that I was told a long time ago, which is, uh, you know, pogues have all day to make the right or wrong decision and they can learn from it and fix it the next day. When they clock in, you know, as a grunt, you have a split second to make a decision. And sometimes even the right decision gets people killed, but it just gets people less killed, you know, or less people killed. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Yeah. And that's a really good point or really good uh, place to start with is individual action, because that's kind of like the foundation for um, dudes. And I remember being a junior guy myself, you know, I was kind of fucking I had to. It took me time to get out of that whole, I need to be told everything to do, um, how to like fucking really, like it took time to learn how to really fucking like think for myself. And, and the biggest thing was like the tunnel vision because dudes like new dudes, especially will get tunnel vision and fucking they'll be focusing on, um, on what they're seeing through their RCO, but they're not focusing on everything else that's happening around them. And, um, that was always a big thing that my seniors would hit on was fucking thinking for ourselves and not needing to have our hands held. So that way we could fucking just be more lethal 
Like you, your your team leaders shouldn't fucking be telling you what to do. They should be pulling you back because you're so aggressive and you're going so fucking hard that you're fucking you're getting ahead of everybody else. Exactly. You know, aggression is and and so I think I think a key thing that that people that you know I think a lot of people are scared to be aggressive. You know, our our job is inherently aggressive. I mean, you know, let's be blunt about it. Our job is to kill people that don't want to be killed but want to kill us, you know. So our job has to be inherently aggressive, you know. Um, So, and and I think a lot of people are so scared of fucking up, you know, uh, because they're they're so used to that, like, boot camp mentality of, uh, you know, everything they do is wrong and they're just going to get slayed for it. They're not used to the actual, like, teaching that can come afterwards. You know, uh, so that that's where like being a being a good senior to be able to read the room, you know, obviously dudes need to get slayed every once in a while for training value. But like being a being a good senior, being uh, being somebody that, that's proficient as an individual, you can help other individuals when they come uh, to, to help the not like not baby them, you know, because you're not supposed to do that. But but tell them where they went wrong, almost like a like a good uh, after action report. You know what I'm saying? Even to something super small with, you know, a uniform like the dude might get slayed because he shows up with you know, ripped up camis and stuff like that. And his rank is all chipped and whatever. And like, okay, cool. PT tomorrow is going to be fun. Uh, but make sure like you tell him what he did wrong and tell him how to fix it rather than just chewing the dude out. And like on the bigger scale that goes towards the actual job, you know, cause that stuff's Marine Corps shit. But when it comes to the actual job, uh, you know, everybody's been so quick to be like, Hey motherfucker, you fucked up. Okay. Well, how did he fuck up and how does he fix it? You know, cause just telling somebody that they're doing something wrong doesn't help them fix it for next time. It just tells them like, well, shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely, man. So like, that's, that's what I mean by individual skill sets. Like, uh, you know, uh, an example of that. So, uh, just a, just a quick story. When I was, when I was a junior myself, uh, one of, one of my seniors that I'll I'll tell you, just so you can see how unbiased the story is, I, me and him did not get along. He did not teach. He just only slayed and like, I'm cool getting slayed, but like, you should also have the ability to teach. Um, but, uh, we were out in, uh, this, we were out in, I think we were in Arizona. Um, and this is like after a year plus of being in the fleet, like as a junior, uh, cause our deployment didn't come yet. And I was just like, yo, I was like, can I see your M4? Cause his M4, he's on the line next to me. Cause we were shooting tables out there in Arizona. And I was like, yo, I was like, let me see your M4. Uh, cause it, and it would not run. It was having trouble, uh, uh, ejecting. Right. Um, so, uh, I was like, let me check it. And, uh, we're sitting around the packs and I'm looking at it and I'm like, yo, did you clean your gas tube? Um, and he was like, nah, or he was like, yeah, he's like, I did. I, uh, uh, I've got those pipe cleaners and whatnot. I was like, cool. Well, then I started taking his, his gun actually apart and I'm looking at his bolt. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, if you're having trouble with, uh, extraction, um, or ejecting, uh, look at the bolt face first. If you can't check the gas tube, uh, if you look at the bolt face, there is a perfect circle, um, pin that sticks up on the top of the bolt face. And then the extractor will be on the bottom, uh, push. Uh, down on the ejector. If the ejector is like super tough and you can't really push it down with your finger, then like your ejector spring is fine. But his wasn't. I could literally push it freely. So that means it, it doesn't have enough tension to literally, once the round is extracted, kick it out of the rifle. Long story short, what I'm getting at with that is, is I had the individual mindset, the individual skill set, which is not hard to be able to diagnose a problem with a rifle. Um, and it's not like, oh, I'm special. It's that's something that every rifleman should be able to do. Like, hey, I'm having this kind of issue with what's going on. I need to be able to figure out why. Because at the end of the day, we're not always going to be fighting items, and we're not always going to be fighting what we fought for the last 20 years. I mean, if we if we go to if we go to war with a near peer threat, they're just as trained as we are. 
you know, those guys are also training to make hits. These guys also have established families that they want to go back home to. They also have a, a sense of pride in fighting for their country. Uh, they want to kill us just as bad as we want to kill them. So a bare bones piece of that is, is your rifle going to work? You know, right. um, and it's, it's important to, to know all that shit because and it's not even really hard. It's not like some big secret to fucking figure out. Like you can literally YouTube like the, how, like all every how a rifle works and figure out like what all the little, um, parts of it do. Like, that's not, that's not a hard thing to figure out like there shouldn't you shouldn't sit there and like if your shit just constantly jams or just doesn't fucking extract like you're saying but like like figure that shit out and even if like you can't take it to the armor room like make him do his job like if he's sitting there and he's yeah. like slacking off and not doing it not getting it fixed like make a fucking big deal about that like tell someone that you know this dude's not fucking doing his job like that's your fucking weapon dude like that is your fucking that that is your life. Exactly. So, and, and to shout out my 31s real quick, because, you know, I'm an 11, so we, you know, we know how 03s are. We all have a rivalry. Shout out my 31s and my 41s, too. Like, you ask a 31 or a 41 uh, any detail about their weapon system, they are proud as fuck to tell you everything about it. Like, oh, yeah. there's, not a que- there's not a question that you should be able to ask a 31 about their weapon that they don't know. And I, I'll be honest, I haven't met one besides, like, a junior maybe that just got there. Um, which they learn it real quick. I haven't been able to ask any of, of, of my peers that are 31s or their seniors or yada, 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 that does not know about the weapon system like through and through. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, no, and then I also, agree. I've got I've got a couple buddies in CAT. They can tell me absolutely everything about the weapon system and not just the basic, oh, point area, tar- you know, point area max type thing. Like they can tell you the weight of it. They can tell you with and without tripods, bipods. They can tell you uh, when the gas blocks were made. They can tell you where to find the serial number and how to identify the serial number for the year it was made. They can tell you, um, uh, the, when you can tell the timing out of the 50 cal is off and how to fix it, like stuff like that. That is as an 11, our weapon systems might not be as complex as that, but that should make it easier as an 11 to be more proficient with that rifle. And to be honest with you, uh, in 11, really every single job that that's, that's in the, uh, in the infantry is meant to pretty much protect the 11s getting to their, their, you know, their, their, mission essentially like to 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 the success of their mission if if the individual can't do that that's a problem so a way to fix that because like i said i don't want to just bitch like uh, a way to fix that is make it make it a a class it doesn't even have to be an sop thing like a, a, a small unit leaders get off your ass and teach your dudes how the weapon system works and if you don't know you need to figure it the fuck out because there's no reason a team leader should not understand the through and through of his rifle if he's going to tell uh, tell other people that they need to be proficient at their jobs. And same thing that I tell people all the time, I tell my juniors and tell my peers and stuff, like, if they ask a question that I don't know, hey, let me let me figure it out for you and come and get back to you. And make sure you really do get back to that person. Don't just leave them hanging, you know, because then they're not going to come to you for any more questions. Why should they? Right, right. And that's fucking, that's a good point, too, because, like, you know, we always say it and shit, like, all this knowledge is, like, online like any pub for like fucking anything is always on the internet which is kind of surprising because you think like that shit you wouldn't want out there but you know whatever um but fucking yeah like google dude gunny google fucking you can find out anything with google and fucking and that's another good thing you hit on too was uh 
being fucking creative when it comes to classes. You don't need to do the same cut and dry shit, dude. Like, honestly, like, what me and my fucking um, buddy did when we were doing our fucking uh, squad, we'd fucking try and almost have, like, a uh, structured thing we were doing during the week. So it was all kind of, like, building up to something. Um, and, and, like... Dude, you just gotta be creative with these classes, because if you're doing fucking death by PowerPoint, like, nobody's gonna be learning anything, dude. You guys gotta be, like, doing shit, like, hands-on. 100%, because, you know, uh, you know, the, the, that, that's actually, that's a, that's actually a good point. So, with the hands-on shit, I don't, I, I don't know if I said this yet. I've, sh I shot, I joined late, I joined at 22, I'm 25 now, uh, I, I was before I joined. I was shooting. Now, granted, I lived on a farm, so I, I mean, I was able to just walk outside butt naked if I wanted to and start letting rounds off. But I was shooting and not some fud guns. Like I was, I was, I was looking up actual instructors as much as I could, trying to go as many classes as I could, like uh, uh, trying to research uh, Haley Strategics curriculum, stuff like that, right? Um, and I was able, I was, I was putting down over a thousand rounds a month, maybe two thousand rounds a month between rifle and pistol, trying to just get more proficient. Then I eventually joined, and I was like, cool. I'm going to be doing this for my job and it'll take away how much I'm actually having to do, uh, as an individual. No, I, 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 I literally am lucky to touch my rifle once a month. And, and that's, that's an issue. And then when we're in, and then when we're doing field ops, it's never building on that individual skill set. You know, like I already said, you can, you can work on team tactics and this, that, and the other, all you want. Cause those are the things that essentially win, win wars on the grand scheme of things. Um, but it comes down as the individual capable to do it. So, uh, for the guys that don't know, you should look up John Lavelle. He runs a uh, warrior poet society. He's a, uh, a super salt dog. Uh, he's got like four or five combat deployments, maybe more than that, uh, with the 75th Ranger regiment. Um, now he does a bunch of, uh, uh, uh tactical courses and, uh, philosophy classes, stuff like that. Uh, he, he puts it in four different categories in, in, uh, in order of prior, uh, uh, prioritizing, right? Number one is strategy. Uh, the, the individual grunt should understand strategy because strategy is the most important. Then he should understand tactics because, uh, you know, tactics fit into strategy. Uh, and then three individual skills. Uh, those are the, those are the, the, the order of importance. Well, we've got number one, we've got number two, but we don't have number three really stressed upon. It's almost like, uh, uh, grown man rules to a bad extent to the, to the point where they just expect you to know it. Um, and then number four is gear, but that's that's a different conversation. But three is uh, individual skill sets. That that's not really hit on a whole lot. Really, what they hit on with that is is table one, two, three, four, five, and and what you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, so absolutely. A way that we, so a way that we could fix that uh, is is literally as a small unit leader or as an individual. If you really want to look at what the best shooters in the world are doing and 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 why they're doing works. Uh, you need to look at the civilian market. You know, the best shooters in the world are not the guy that got high shooter, which, which was me. Uh, so I'm not even, you know, I'm not trying to, to hype up my shit, but like the best shooters in the world are not the ones that are in your unit that got high shooter. The best shooters in the world are the ones that are civilians out there running two gun competitions, uh, three gun competitions, things of the sort. Those are the ones they're putting down hundreds of thousands of rounds a year. Um, and they're winning competitions doing that. Uh, uh, or if you know anybody that's on the Marine Corps rifle team, um, that's, that's very similar Two gun, three gun competitions. Uh, those are people that you need to look at, see what they're doing and figure out why they're doing what they're doing and kind of base your training for individual stuff off like that. And those best shooters, they're not spending more, even though they're shit putting down hundreds of thousands of rounds a year, they're spending more time dry firing. 
you know, so a way to fix this, right? Um, instead of just bitching. So everybody hates, everybody hates grass wheat. Well, grass wheat has good intentions. The spirit is there, but the execution is flawed. So, and what I mean by that, table one is meant to work on uh, uh, precision accuracy. That's what table one is meant to do. Everybody says it's not combat related. It is and it isn't. You know, you're not going to sit there and stand and do the whole hip thing and your elbow on your belt. You're not going to do all that. But the point of table one is to work on understanding holdovers, to understand your RCO, to understand uh, distance and how to range estimate uh, Kentucky windage uh, when it comes to, to uh, you know, to, to uh, uh, wind strength downrange and where you're at. That is the point of table one, right? Um, everything else comes second. So you can't be a good tactical shooter if you're not a precision shooter. Uh, so that's, that's the whole point of it. But grass week, we need to kind of change it up a little bit. Instead of just having everybody sit in those same positions, explain why they're doing what they're doing, explain and show them before they start grass week with simple stuff. Like I'm going to put this coin on top of your iron sight or at the tip of your barrel, work on your dry fire. If that coin moves, that means you are doing something wrong and then sit with them and watch them do it and figure out. What is going on? Everybody likes to say your trigger, your, your trigger finger has to be in the same spot every time you pull the trigger for every single person. That's not true because everybody has bigger hands than others, smaller hands than others, longer fingers, shorter fingers, right? So that's not true. Like you have to be able to sit there and work with them and be like, okay, this is where your trigger is, is going to where it's, it's, it's pulling straight back rather than doing a squeeze effect. If you could look at your hand and you picture uh, uh, your, uh, all of a sudden like your hand is flat, like you're doing a knife hand, but you're looking at your thumb like down, uh, down, so everything's in line. And you, and you take your pointer finger and you like bend it at a perfect 90 degree angle. You want it to essentially be in that like position and then come straight back. If you could picture putting your hand reset back to where it was and then you squeeze your fingers, you bring the angle and your fingertips start to hit the palm of your hand. And that's what will cause, uh, uh, it looks like you're looking at, uh, you know, the target you felt like you got a good trigger pull, but that's actually that micro movement is going to make at distance, especially that round, uh, your, your point of impact be different than your point of aim. So being able to explain those kind of things, um, is super important. Uh, stuff like length of pool, you know, uh, under like a lot of people talk about length of pool. They really don't understand it. Uh, they, they really don't understand how to do it. So explaining like, Hey, my, my hand should be, at the mag well with the mag with the with the stock extended that's going to be no it should be your hand is rested on the on the on the pistol grip and that that butt stock should be rested right on uh with with no pressure at all rested right where the the, the crease of your elbow is uh stuff like that for, for best accuracy obviously that changes for for, for mount because you got to collapse stock get a little bit closer and stuff like that but but understanding and, and explaining for grass week specifically this is why you are doing what you are doing, and let's take it an extra step further so you can actually see the results at the end. Now let's do the quarter test again. Put it back on your iron sight or the tip of your barrel. Pull the trigger. Is it moving? No. Okay, cool. How much is your sight moving? None. Okay, cool. And they can actually right. – because if you can tell somebody – you can tell somebody all you want, but when they see the progression, it motivates them to, one, keep doing it, and two, continue doing it or continue right. like trying to find more answers. Yeah, so – and that's that's – cool that you uh mentioned all this because that was one thing i was gonna hit on was uh giving a why like having that why not just fucking telling people to go and do something that's gonna fucking one they're already gonna not want to do and two um if they don't know why they're doing it they're gonna fucking resent it even more but if you sit there and you're actually like going through it with them like talking to them like okay this is why we're doing this this is what fucking this is the point of it and then you fucking make it into a, a way that it's um, not necessarily fun, but like it's 
it, it has a purpose to it so that way dudes buy into it yeah 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 and then um Two, that fucking, um, I want to tell you about this. I don't know how in-depth they go. I don't know if they'd really do rifles, but they do pistols, and fucking, it's this little, like, uh, it's like a laser trainer. Um, it's called fucking Blowback. I know it's a fucking bad name for fucking... Is this the one that you can get an app for? Because I think Mantis has something really similar. Um, I don't know, but I was at a gun show, and he had this little, like, uh, target and fucking there's this little pistol he puts a little co2 thing into it um and it's like a pistol replica and you know you aim it you take the shot and it shows you on the board exactly where your shot would have landed and i don't know if they do that with uh with rifles i'd have to look it up but fucking i know they do it with pistols and i thought it was kind of a cool concept because it has a little co2 canister in it so it replicates the uh the recoil pretty uh pretty realistically so that would be like if they did do shit like that with rifles that would be a fucking you know that would be something where it's like oh shit i'm not just fucking click rack click rack it's fucking oh shit that's where my shot would have landed oh shit this is how i can fucking this is how my aim my aim could be better you know like using like technology like we're in the 21st century we gotta use what we have available to fucking help train dudes because it, it's there's literally so much available if you just really look around for a minute and another thing too i wanted yeah, to hit on um yeah another thing too i wanted to hit on real quick was like these fucking like you said these field ops where we're doing like grander uh scheme shit and i know this one's gonna be a little unpopular with some people but fucking i always thought that there should be more of like uh platoon field ops and not even like fucking doing a pb op field op or shit like that no fucking if it was just a platoon go out for like maybe even a day or something have like dudes really plan this out so everything moves fluidly and quickly and um and like rent out a fucking a fucking uh spot for out in the not not rent out a field but like secure a fucking range where it's like you guys can do a table two you can do a fucking um a table one fucking where it's literally it's it's smaller group of dudes so one shit's gonna move quicker and two you're, you're all honestly going to have a better time with it because you're not going to have fucking everybody freaking the fuck out trying to make timelines and the chain of command and all the yelling and all the running around and shit. Like, no, you could actually, everybody could chill out. You guys could, like, take your time and, like, go through this and really fucking, like, work on your craft. I always thought that there should be more, like, platoon-oriented shit, but, you know, then again, I don't know the logistics that go into all that, so. But I always thought it would be a cool concept. Well, see, uh, I, I was writing down as you were talking so I could make sure I didn't miss. Uh, so the, the, the first one where you talked about the, uh, with the things for the, the pistols, yeah, that stuff is, is definitely out there. I'm not sure about for the rifles. but And, and I know the chain of command, obviously, they have a budget, right? Uh, depend, you know, And your budget yeah, right, is, is decided right. by what – yeah, and it's decided by what your workup for your next deployment is. Um, so a, a, a way to get around not knowing where your round is going to go, that's, that's where being able to explain – Okay, you need to be able to really focus on 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 the target, right? So one, understand like threat focus. Stop staring at the RCO, uh, especially at this one. If you're up, and it, that works twofold. Okay, one, if it's up close, and being and this is what I mean by individual skill set, being able to explain these things, um, and being able to understand them. Um, if you're if you're up close, right, in a CQB environment, and you are dot focused or reticle focused or iron sight focused, um, you're not going to be able to fully 
uh, assess the entire situation and you're more likely to get tonal vision and you're going to actually be slower, right? You're going to be more, you're going to be fishing to put that onto the target. If you put, if you threat focus, you're going to be faster up close because you're going to be bringing your dot reticle iron sight to the target and you will have more of a, uh, uh, a capable field of view when you're trying to assess everything. It's not removing your tunnel vision. Um, and at distance, if you are focused on your dot or reticle or so on and so on, now all of a sudden your uh, your target is going to, especially at distance, it's going to multiply. Things are going to get more blurry, right? So when you threat focus, your dot it might get a little bit blurry, but it's not going to multiply like what uh, your threat would, right? So, um, so whenever you're doing these tables, right, to be able to tell, that's part of, uh, one, the, the, the coin would be to diagnose, hey, you have an issue. Two, being able to sit with that person and be like, okay, I need you to really focus on the smallest point that you can. Don't just focus on the dog target itself. Find the smallest point on that dog target and focus on that when you pull the trigger. Did your reticle move? Yeah, it moved a little bit up and to the right. Okay. You need to, and then you explain essentially, because I mean, there's a lot that can go into it. So I'm not going to go into that and waste time, but then you explain, okay, all right, maybe move your, uh, your, your trigger just a little bit. Uh, it sounds like if it's going up and to the right, that means you're pulling the trigger like to the, uh, uh, a little bit, uh, uh, or you're pushing it, uh, to where the buttstock is going to go to the left. And then it seems like your, 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 your hold on, on the front of the rifle is a little bit unstable and the recoil is kind of going where it wants to. That's what it kind of seems like. So being able to di uh, diagnose those things, um, and and you and that doesn't cost money, you know what I mean? That just takes that just costs research and some very short valuable time. Uh, but then with the uh, with what you just brought up, so that's actually what my buddy uh, down at uh, Benning does. He's he's an eleven Bravo. That's they do a lot of um, platoon exercises and stuff that have to do with that. And when and and when you brought up a great point, which is you're not having everybody rushing to meet timelines, you have less people there, you're able to chill out a little bit more. That leads to a better period of instruction you get more from it. When you have an entire company trying to do table two, three, four, and five, everybody's just trying to hurry up and get done. They're not really worried about progressing. They're not worried about uh, diagnosing any issues they have as an individual and whatnot. So I think that, that I've actually been, I've brought that up multiple times. That should be a thing. Uh, and obviously budget restraints, but that actually brings me to another point though. If they can't afford to let platoons do that, um, which one they, they should make a way to, 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 um, to let them do that because that's really trusting your uh, lower enlisted leadership. That's, that's letting them get the actual work in at their job, not being uh, monopolized. Um, uh, but mandatory fund days, everybody, everybody bitches about mandatory fund days. There's a way to actually make mandatory fund day a thing. Take them paintballing, make like a field. Like that's a lot cheaper than buying a bunch of ammo. We never get to do force on force as much as we would like to, uh, you know, most of the time it's with blanks. Uh, we're not invincible and to really like make someone see like what they're being taught is worth it is, is make them feel pain when they have a fuck up and a mandatory fun day could be used one to grow in your job, but two, uh, also for, for unit cohesion. If, if we were, if, uh, there's plenty of places in Jacksonville, there's plenty of places that, uh, where people own property that people know that would be glad to let a unit come out there and be like, yo, all right, here's what it is. Yeah. It's airsoft. Yeah. It's paintball, but like, we're going to treat it like it's real. And you have like, actual people like that are higher up that keep it from turning into a game and you're having to use real unit tactics on things especially for cqb uh that that would that would be insanely beneficial to the individual because ever since boot camp they preach this rah rah we're invincible we're the toughest of the world but we're not bullets have no names and they don't discriminate 
They don't care if you're black, white, Mexican, Trump supporter, Biden supporter. They don't care. They don't care if you're American, if you're Nigerian. They don't give a shit. Bullet hits you. That's it. Um, you know, and 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 being able to like when you're doing CQB, for example, there's been a million times that I've done CQB and I've seen dudes argue about, oh, I shot you. No, I shot you. Well, you'll know who shot you if you're getting hit with a paintball or a uh, or an airsoft round. It's you know, obviously, stem rounds would be best, but we can't always afford that shit because that shit's expensive. And then plus, you got to buy new bolts and everything else. So that would be a great way to build on not only the individual skill set stuff, but to appease command that could build on small unit tactics. And like you said, the the the, the larger scheme of things, uh, the things that 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 really win wars as a whole. Uh, right. And, and then they, uh, sorry, you what were you saying, man? No, I was just saying, and, and that would be that. That's a solution for that. Like I said, I don't want to bitch. I want to. I want to actually give like solutions to this stuff. Right. You know? Yeah. And and that was something that I always got told too. Uh, was if you're gonna give a bitch, give a solution. Um, and the paintball thing is kind of cool because uh, we did do that as a, a company. I think like once or twice. Uh, I think I only went to like one of them though. But um, yeah, basically like. You just go in there and, you, you know, you just fuck around and have some fucking fun playing paintball. But, like, there was definitely, because uh, we did it as a fun day. It wasn't, like, a training thing. But there was definitely the potential for it to be, you know, used. Like, if you slowed it down and everybody was more taking it more of a tactical sense, there's definitely that potential for for uh, dudes to do that force on force in, like, a more of a realistic kind of way. Yeah, make it, make it. I mean, literally, yeah. make it like, hey, dude, dude's hit. Guess what? But now all of a sudden, you have to pick, like, you have to conduct T Triple C on dude. You got to fucking, yeah. you got to do cast back yeah. on nine lines. Like you, you turn it into a real deal exercise. You know? Yeah, there's and, um, I want to say there's one place in Jacksonville that does it, but that place is kind of small, and the way it's set up, it's not really too good for about, for like a training kind of. Lodge. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but if you, there's like a field or something or a fucking even like a even just a woodland. yeah even just like a cqb kind of thing doing it in, inside of i don't know if there's like i guess like paintball house type fucking things i know shoot houses there's shoot houses out in yeah. north carolina but i don't know if they have like a paintball kind of cuz i know there's like for airsoft there's literal uh fields where it's like it's it's almost like a, a block out of a city and it's just you guys run in there and fucking do whatever the fuck and you know shoot it up and, uh, yeah, the one that I've been bringing up is actually uh, it's 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 so retardedly named, like simple wise, kind of like gunshot. It's literally uh, um, Jacksonville Paintball and Airsoft. Like that's yeah. literally the name of it, and it's oh, it's really? a huge like, yeah, it's like it's I don't know if it's new or not, but I've been seeing YouTube uh, videos on it and stuff. It looks pretty legit, and like I'm pretty sure they would love for a Marine unit to come out there and rent the day out, and come out there and and train and use their business. I'm pretty sure yeah. they would love that. And it'd be kind you know of dope, I mean? too, because it'd be like, like, you pick a day where, you know, the weather's going to be nice and fucking, you know, everybody's wearing, you know, civvies, so it's it's more, you know, kind of chill, and fucking dudes will kind of be a little more, like, into it, but, um... Yeah, they'll be more motivated. Yeah, yeah, because everybody's, you know, there's, you know, because the basis, the bottom line is everybody's going to go out, you know, you're going to play some paintball, you know, at the same time, you're also getting, like, a training value out of it, and, you know, there's, like, uh, I don't... There's literal like uh, places that I've seen before on YouTube too, and it's like dudes are literally just going in these abandoned buildings, literally doing mount, and these guys aren't even like military, but they they get like just like going back to what you were saying earlier, like before you joined, you were doing your own kind of like training. There's literal uh, courses and shit that'll teach 
you know, random dudes how to fucking do shit. And, you know, sometimes, like, random civilians can be, like, better than a fucking, you know, average grunt. Yeah, and that, so that's 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 what I've always told people. Uh, you know, when it came to weapons handling, I have learned absolutely zero from the Marine Corps. Uh, I learned tactics and strategy from the Marine Corps, and that's that's what I that's what I joined to learn. I didn't join not open to learn about weapons handling in the Marine Corps. Like obviously, I learned about two forties and and you know, eighty uh, ones and shit like that as much as I could when we've done cross training. But like when it comes to 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 to, to rifles and shit like that, small like uh, you know. Never, never learn anything new about it, and and that's a that's a problem, right? And it's not that like, oh, they taught shit that I already knew. It's that there was no period of instruction really at all, aside from the tables. And the tables, like I said, they have good spirit, but they're flawed. And obviously, we can't change the entire Marine Corps. But what we can do as a as a unit is make it available for small unit leaders to take their dudes out, even as simple as uh, going to the armory and drawing your rifles and being out in the quad all day working on dry fire working on uh, uh, basic things like sidestepping uh, with the rifle, uh, being able to work on using your body as a turret, uh, being able to, especially like ready, uh, uh, like uh, 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 people call it point shooting, uh, which is, you know, they just say like point and shoot, like uh, you'll, you'll know where you're hitting at, like fuck that. Um, being able to threat focus and, and, and being able to properly do those things, working on transitions. You don't need ammo to do any of this shit. You know, what I do with my juniors, whenever they're able to actually draw their rifles, I'll put a target up at seven yards or I'll, I'll find something at seven yards. And like I said, use the smallest thing on that target. Don't use the target as a whole. Uh, that whole aim small, miss small thing is a real thing. Uh, and then put a target to the right of it, seven yards and same thing. And they will work on, all right, rifle up and they'll go in the middle at something super small and then they'll go left and right. And then I'll teach them like, yo, keep your, your rifle and your arms essentially in the same spot, but rotate your hips. And you'll notice you have less overcorrection, right? If you use your arms, whenever you go left to right, you're going to have a lot more overcorrection. You're either going to miss the target and have to get back on, or you're going to stop short and get back on. Use your hips. You also expend less energy holding that rifle up because your arms, that muscle relaxation, that is a thing. Like I said, some of the stuff in table one is founded in reality. People like to laugh at it though, because the stances are kind of goofy. Um, you know, and you don't, and there's so much more you could do, you know, uh, you know, everybody gets, uh, I don't know how it is whenever you were in, but like most of the guys don't use their foregrips anymore. Okay. Use your foregrip, right? Don't use it like they did in 2004 where you're grabbing it like a broomstick, but use it with a modified sequence. Like that's not like, that's a new, that's not a new thing. That's like a, a, a middle global war on terror thing for a reason, because it helps you have more control on the front of your muzzle. And whenever you do the C-clamp, rather than holding like a broomstick, you have more control over the top part of that front of the muzzle. Uh, and that means that you're going to have less wobble. So, like, I'll have dudes, I'll do the same thing with transitions, but then I'll show them if they have an incorrect grip, like especially if they like to hold the mag well, I'll show them whenever they're doing transitions and when they're doing their ready-ups, which one is A, faster, and which one causes less fishing to get your, uh, your reticle on target, and which one is uh, uh, more precise whenever you're doing it constantly, and which one's easier to hold up and recoil management. You can literally have someone hold the rifle up on a point of aim and you sit there and tap the iron sight if it's a fixed front sight or you can tap the muzzle on an IAR uh, and you can just tap it. And you'll and, and they'll they will visually see which one they're they're able to control recoil with better. You know, so this is what I'm like you don't need ammo to do any of these things, but the problem that I've ran in with when I've been trying to do this with 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 juniors and when other people have been trying to do it is oh we've got all this fucking uh, admin shit we've got to do today. Oh, we've got all this admin shit we got to do today. We're grunts. Like, let, let, not saying that uh, squad leaders and team leaders and shit 
need to be doing everything, but like let the people that need to be handling those situations do those things. Cause yeah, I'm all for sending a junior to a working party, but a junior also needs to spend a lot of time learning. Taking him away from his MOS to go do admin shit and stupid working parties is hurting the Marine Corps as a, as a whole in the infantry. Right. And fucking, that's a good point too. Cause that was always a fucking problem with like my platoons. Dudes were always getting pulled for fucking whatever was happening in the office. Like, no dude, whatever, whoever's in the office, let them do their fucking job running shit in the office. Like let the squad There's leader no squad reason. lead, let the team leaders team lead. Like they shouldn't be getting pulled. Like, like, I mean, I get it. Yeah. Sometimes fucking they need them for this or that or whatever the fuck. But, like, a grand part of the day, they should just be fucking left the fuck alone to do their thing and yeah, train. Yeah, there's, no there's, there's no reason that a rifle squad should not be with their rifles a majority of the day. Like, it, it's, it's ironic at its best that, there, that more time than not, a rifle squad has rifles in the armory than with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then, and then when you bring it up, like about how special forces does it, yeah, they're a little bit more lenient with shit. You know what I mean? And that's understandable, like to an extent because of their budget. But when it comes to stuff like that, like they, they can go out and, I mean, like I said, my buddy's an 11 Bravo. He's essentially a gay 0311 in the army. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> and he gets, he, he gets treated more like an adult than we do when it comes to, to rifles. But yet we like to preach every Marines a rifleman, which I hate that quote, but that's a, that's another conversation. But they're not. There's plenty of people that I work with that are not proficient with their rifle, and they're trying to do the new table, right? Which is which is awesome that they're trying to change it up, but they're still doing it at known distances. Well, if you want someone to really understand their rifle and you want them to do it for score, yeah, do uh, uh, do it. Uh, you know, table one is for known distances, but everything else should be unknown distance. That's how you're going to really understand how to range estimate and how to actually like do that on the fly. Like that's how you get, that's how you test what you learned in table one rather than just redoing essentially the same thing in different positions. Um, did they, did they which, change up the, did you guys get those new sites that everybody's getting or is that you guys not get those yet? Are you talking about the LPVO? Like it's, it's, it's like an adjustable optic. Yeah. The black one. I don't know the exact name of it, but uh, yeah, I, I think just, it's the, I think, I think it's the Trigicon AccuPoint. No, we haven't got that yet, which I uh, wish we would. Yeah, I was going to say, because uh, I remember when I was a junior dude, and we got fucking our, um, we got issued our rifles, because in ITB and fucking boot camp, you, you had the fucking, uh, the fuck was that reticle called? The, uh, just a little arrow, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, and then we had the uh, the horseshoe, and then but someone actually took the time to like explain to us what the fuck the horseshoe was, and it's actually designed so that you can do that. You can do range estimation with uh, fucking um, what you're shooting at, I and mean, it all fits into like shoulders and shit. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Can, you can actually do that with with either one of those reticles uh, with the. Uh, like I'm just gonna call it the diamond reticle. Uh, with that one, uh, it's with the stadia lines on the bottom, uh, with the shoulders. Um, you can also uh, use like you can also use vehicles and shit. Uh, which which is which is I'm I'm glad you actually brought that up. Uh, so because uh, we're we're just about to talk about optics. Uh, there there needs to be a push by the by the by those in command to get the newer technology that's coming out. And an example the. The RCO is still on a shit ton of our IARs instead of the SDO. Well, the RCO was calibrated, that reticle was specifically calibrated for a 14 and a half inch barrel for the M4. Uh, the SDO was calibrated for a 16 inch barrel, the IAR. 
that doesn't seem like a huge difference, but the, the velocity difference at distance is definitely known uh, and it's definitely seen. So for example, when I did table one uh, last year, uh, this was the second time that I've had to qual with the IAR first time with the IAR. Um, and I'm using an M4 reticle, right? Um, so the first day, uh, and I always tell my guys, don't give me pit love, right? That, that's one thing that needs to stop. Stop giving your dudes pit love and they will, or they're, they're never going to actually know what they need to work on. So they didn't give me pit love. And I'm, and I'm sitting here trying to see if the three matches up to the three or at the tip of the dick. And then I'm trying to see if everything actually matches up to what the reticle says, if the BDC is correct. It was until I hit the 300 yard line. So that's where that, that's, that's where that velocity started to show, uh, uh, to where I'm going to have to start making corrections myself and understanding that I couldn't use, for example, the 400 stadia. I couldn't use that correctly. I had to use the 350 stadia, like right in between it to hit at the 300 or at the, at the 400 or you, you know that's it's, interesting uh, that you uh that you mentioned all that though because i actually i never knew that i thought i thought it was just kind of like you just slap it onto a fucking you know whatever rifle and it'll do its thing no so if you actually get on trigicon's website whenever you if you if you like go to order a uh an acog you will see they give you uh options what's your barrel length and what reticle do you want and it will be calibrated for that. And up close, it doesn't make a huge bit of difference. But at distance, uh, what I was trying to say that I was slipping up because I'm fucking retard at 500. Uh, that's where I started to happen to instead of holding at the five stadium line, I had to hold at the 450 in order to do so because I had a faster velocity. So that little bit in between the 450 and the five made a difference to where my point of impact was. Um, so it doesn't make a huge difference. And like I said, I know that we have a budget, but a solution to that is to make it known hey like this needs to be up we like we need to fight for our budget because of x y and z because the marine corps is already strict on budget anyway this is the stuff that should be an uproar about because if we're going to fight a war we need to make hits and being able to like always sit there and be like oh, okay like it's just one of those things that the, the more variables you remove from the individual grunt that already has so so many more things to worry about the chances of his success in completing the mission are higher especially against a near-peer threat. Right. And this is kind of a rabbit hole, but this is fucking another thing. Is like, we're all, we're, the Marine Corps is really focusing on this 2030 um, vision and, and, you know, kind of uh, reorganizing the Marine Corps and updating all this shit. Um, one thing that I think should get updated too is fucking start handing out frogs, dude. That shit. 100%. Yeah, because if, if, you know, because I asked, uh, I had a gunny one time that I asked, like, why don't we wear frogs? And I think it was a gunny. I don't, I don't remember who I asked exactly. It was someone in charge though. But I asked them, and they're like, oh well, usually you see um, LAR and fucking tracks and tankers and shit. They'd be wearing it, but that's because uh, their job is like inherently like shit that involves. Uh, Shit that could light light on fire, and the frogs are designed to be like anti uh, or fire retardant, and um, and they're like so that's kind of why they get it, and then we kind of just fucking, you know, we we just don't have them till we get sent to wherever, but that's that's stupid, dude. Literally, like, if if someone told me they're like, yeah, you can wear frogs, but you have to buy your own, I'd buy my own pair, like without a fucking, like I want to be mad or anything, I wouldn't even give a shit. I just think that it's fucking. Shit like that, like just all these, all these things that we know about that we need to update, we can 100% do, and it's not even really 
that difficult. I mean, the shit with the, the sights, yeah, that's fucking... Uh, I don't know how that works or what goes into that, really, but... Well, the Marine Corps was already... Trigicon already won the contract with the sites. Like the Marine Corps has openly said, like, yo, like we're buying these 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 sites. And the army just switched over to like the SIG version of the same thing, just you know, small little differences that don't really matter. But uh like the Marine Corps has already purchased these sites. And I understand that like logistics is a thing, but legit like the supply chain in the Marine Corps is so slow that it almost makes like I've been being told forever since I've been in three six that we're gonna get the new knots for fucking years. <laughs> Dude, I got told that in twenty nineteen. <laughs> you, you see what hey, I'm we're saying? Getting in them in by December. Yeah, and then like three six also was one of the last units in the Marine Corps grunt units to get the IAR fully issued. Right. Like, right. Like, like, I don't know if that's because, and, and so this is one of those things I'm not bitching because like, I just like, I, like, I don't know what to do. It's because I don't know what the issue is with why three, six is always on the shit list about getting the new shit. Like yeah. I had to go stay in roll guard duty like last year and, uh, like right there by, uh, what that big ass building is on PT road, right at the turnaround or whatever. And there was a bunch of dudes out there holding security for like a change of command ceremony or some gay shit. And, uh the the dude that was across from me he's walking around with a with a high cut uh kevlar he's got the new nods on which is insane because it was broad fucking daylight and uh like all like he's got the new carriers all kinds of new shit and i was like yo i was like i was like where'd y'all get that shit and he was like oh he's like we've had this shit issued to us forever and I, he was like oh he's like you don't and i was like no nah. well then a little bit before that we were on a field op uh we were doing uh this was right before the norway deployment right before that we were on our last field op before then, and we were doing op four for some other unit. I can't remember who it was. Well, we were crossing a danger area, and because uh, we we knew that there was an enemy position about like 200 meters up the road, so we crossed the danger area uh, like pretty far in advance. That way, like we wouldn't have to cross it close to them in case they were set up. And we got like within 10 feet of these dudes, and they started lighting us up with uh with their 240s. Well, obviously, we would have all fucking died. And like at the end, they were like, they were like, man, they were like, how did you not see us? We were literally right here on the road. They were like, what the fuck? They were like, we saw y'all from like so and so away when y'all crossed the danger area. And we were just like, oh yeah, man. And they was just like, what y'all y'all don't have? They were like, what kind of knowledge do y'all have? And then we were like, well, fuck, because we were kicking their ass on the field op, all that field op. But then when they started realizing that we didn't have what they had, they started doing more night ops because yeah. they were able to. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like, yeah. That, that, that's a that's a problem because if we think that our our peers, hell, the Taliban have it, the the um uh what are they the, the Chechnyans that used to come in and fight in Afghanistan, they came in full kit, uh, and especially near peers. Like once they realize who they're fighting has what, like they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna fight accordingly, the same way we. Would. Yeah, they're gonna adjust. And you know, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, I think it's one two that has these. But they have the thirty ones. But they have this little fucking thing that attaches to them, and it actually outlines people's uh, silhouettes. So you even fucking you can see them from even further. And I was asking my buddy, I was like, "What's the range on that? Really? Like, does it only really work when it's up close?" He's like, "No, dude, this shit actually works at a decent distance away. Like you, that this shit. Like when we talk about like we own the night." With these fucking NVGs that they have, they're like, no, we literally own the night. Yeah, that's um, uh, the task and purpose has actually done a couple of videos on uh, something similar that the army's working on. That shit's yeah. badass. Apparently, I'm apparently actually there's uh, yeah, apparently there's shit like that already in the Marine Corps, but it's very uh, very limited. Yeah, and 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 my point with all that is is are the guys in charge. I know it's a hard fight for them, so I'm not bashing them. But that should be amongst one of the top priorities if you are in charge of a of a unit that is meant to go kill people. 
Yeah, you know, and obviously, they, yeah, and obviously we don't know like the fuck goes into all this shit. So, but it's it's still fucking cool though, and like seeing the Marine Corps update, and it would be really cool for fucking dudes to be getting these new fucking MVGs and carriers and fucking high cuts and shit and plus it like it's honestly kind of more of a buy-in factor like even myself like even though i'm out seeing these dudes in like fucking literally just looking like discount fucking sf operators running around and shit i'm sure they fucking buy into this shit just a little bit more just because they're like dude this shit like we have like good gear now yeah you know confidence Confidence play. You can have, like, for example, you can have a really good basketball player when he's playing by himself, but if he doesn't have the confidence in front of people, he's not going to play well in front of people. If and so confidence, that what I'm getting at with that, confidence is a huge thing to success of whatever you're trying to do. If you don't have the confidence in your equipment, how are you going to have confidence in yourself to complete the mission? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that actually, the, the fact that you brought up the light, that was one of my last points that I wanted to make. How often, when you were in, did you do low light training with your white light? What do you mean, like fucking doing shit at dusk for fucking? In no, the like, 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 like when you're doing CQB and shit. Like, how often did y'all train the proper ways to use your white light? Like, like oh, on the pack? white light. Yeah. I mean, if it was dark and shit, sometimes we'd use it, but other times we we're just using the the laser. Yeah. So. More time than not, it's actually dark than it is bright, right? Because in, in my point behind my, my reasoning behind that and the evidence behind that is if we go to a war torn country, good chance power is not going to fucking be on. You start bombing electrical grids and shit and you start bombing cities, good chance that, that that's not going to be on. So essentially, the a way to a way to uh, 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 something to pay attention to is it can be broad daylight outside and it's dark inside of a room. You get where I'm going with this? So you need to be able to see what's going on so since you're in the light a potential threat is not you are backlit so it doesn't matter whether you have a white light on or not they're going to be able to see you. so but you can't see them i actually have a post on my instagram about this uh, okay i think uh, i think i get what you're you're getting at here because i i was actually just thinking of this like as you started talking about it um so i remember this uh thing i read about one time where uh these dudes were doing this fucking like uh training thing or whatever and fucking they knew that so they had mvgs and they fucking were going up against these guys that like didn't have mvgs you know as a way to like kind of train do like a near peer or not a near peer but yeah, do yeah, like uh yeah. you know you know what i mean though like doing like training like fighting against dudes and um so these dudes that didn't have mvgs they actually took their white lights and turned them on and then all of a sudden these dudes like they couldn't fucking see what the fuck they were looking at because all they saw was fucking light fucking blinding out their NVGs. yeah hey. and and it's it's so so being so and they it, yeah i think i know what you're talking about uh i think that was at the it wasn't Haley strategic i can't remember who it was they did they just threw like a huge ass event right like that was fairly yeah. recent I, I think so yeah, I, I don't remember honestly like where i heard about it and i was like i was like yeah how do you counter that like when they just flood out your NVGs with light like how do you counter you know yeah. exactly so so everybody thinks like we use night vision indoors no, like Kilo was pretty lucky to have our previous first sergeant uh, who who uh, wrote the Marine Corps manual on uh, close quarters tactics uh, for the Marine Corps. He also uh, went on to teach uh, uh, some FBI SWAT schools and secret service curriculum. Um, the dude is 
uh, very salt dog, original invasion. I'm not going to say his name, uh, invaded Fallujah with mop suit, uh, learned what CQB we did then and what we do now and, uh, was able to blend what worked and what didn't, uh, what the FBI was doing. Uh, the two, like he was very in depth. As soon as he hit, then Kilo started doing a shit ton of CQB, which I absolutely loved because I don't think that we hit on it enough. Um, individual skill set. I don't think a lot of uh, the people that were teaching me knew it, knew how to teach it. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's a problem because cities are getting bitter, bigger, wood lines are getting smaller, but the, the, we, they would always say that when we did CQB, we would always use nods and whatnot. Well, as soon as that first sergeant hit, he was like, yo, fuck that shit. He was like, you are indoors. They know you're fucking there. Don't use your white, uh, indiscriminately. Right. Don't 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 uh, create a trail back to your position, but use momentary when you pop corners, when you pop thresholds on entrance, whenever you're holding security, things of the sort, whenever you're check, uh, whenever you're uh, checking dead space, things of the sort. So like white lights can be absolutely terrible if you're not using them right, because you might literally skyline your or, uh, skylight yourself. But they are a huge advantage if you know how to use them um, and, and, and being able to. And, and like I said, this stuff is something that like you don't have to, to, to be like a God to understand this shit. Like there's so much information out there from real deal guys that, that are now teaching classes and stuff, or like guys like that first sergeant that like taught, you just got to listen. You got to be like, you got to be motivated and take that individual action to learn it yourself so you can do it. And then also others can mimic you and you can teach them. Uh, so like that's, that's like individual skill set shit, you know, individual action. Uh, and like I said, it's, it's dark more times than it's not. And then, you know, so, I mean, understanding how to use the assets with, there's a white light on the pecs for a reason. So if like for any, if there's any juniors that are listening right now, if you have any seniors that tell you that white light should not be used, don't fucking listen to that. That is stupid as fuck. It's there for a reason. That's why on the pec 16, they added it because it was a request per military. Like the military requested that. Yeah. It just needs to be used correctly. Exactly. Otherwise, yeah, you're going to get capped because somebody's going to know where you're at because you know, obvious reasons. It's dark. Hey, there's a light pointing at the floor and it's very close. I can tell that somebody's there light the whole wall up, you know? Right. And you know, a lot of dudes will fucking, you know, as soon as you say the word, like, like be motivated, like a lot of dudes will fucking tune that shit out. So I, I never really fucking said that, but what I would hit on with it, because I always found that like the way you go about trying to talk to people like doing this shit can really kind of make or break your, uh, training value and what they like actually get out of it because fucking you know they don't they don't want like dudes don't want to hear like the motivated fucking shit they they want someone that's knowledgeable someone that will walk them through it and show them how to do it and be more proficient and it's fucking it's crazy too because you we talked about all this stuff and you know um albert who i interviewed um a while back uh talking about leadership he said the same thing that he thought that um Due, due to a lack of just being out there and actually, like, shooting, um, he thought he actually got worse at um, at shooting guns. And, you know, I kind of got to agree with that, too, because we don't shoot a lot. Like, we don't shoot often. And fucking, you know, it's, it's almost like a forgettable skill if it isn't continually uh, practiced and honed. Yeah, it's and, and like I said, you know, you don't, you don't have to... to uh, Exactly. What is it oh, called? Shit. Uh, That's what I was gonna say. No, yeah, yeah, perish- what were you saying? No, I was gonna say uh, 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 perishable skill, right? And you don't need 
the the ammo to be able to, to to be able to keep those skills alive and improve on them you just need the ability from your small unit leader from from your leadership to let the small unit leaders take their dudes out and work on that stuff right um, yeah you know, and, 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 and oh sorry what and you say, i was gonna say that i was gonna say the same thing for white light you don't need ammo and a field op to teach your dudes properly how to do white light it's daytime and it's daytime outside cool let them draw their rifles have someone there and let them work on white light with the lights off in like in those hallways in the in the uh the lounges and shit like let them do these things to get better at fighting yeah we people. did that actually um we went up on third deck lounge actually and um we killed all the lights and like shut the doors and shit and had our dudes come in and like raid the lounge but with fucking uh, nvgs and shit using that yeah because that like that's just a practicing it that that and when i've been able to get my juniors to do that but it's not a common thing that you see a lot and and but it's a perfect thing to do because you it could be 12 o'clock in the afternoon and if you make entrance into somewhere with no power it could be dark as fuck you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah so like essentially like everything that i'm that i was just trying to like you know really discuss with you is like we need to have indiv indiv individual skill set needs to be a thing all the way from the E1 that just fuck that just fucking got to the fleet all the way up to the highest in command in, our, in, 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 in the unit. Because if everybody does their part, and I don't mean as in like the gay motivated shit, like, you know, like you said, dudes don't want to hear that. But like if everybody does their, their, their part as an infantryman. Then, then I think that things can really change for at least three, six, but especially the Marine Corps, because. To be brunt, our job is to kill people that don't want to be killed. And if people don't take that serious, that's going to maybe not fuck their generation of Marines over, but it's going to carry on over and over and over until the next generation that finally decides that they're going to war has to actually do it. Because that that lack of motivation to teach, that lack of motivation to actually train, that lack of motivation to, as an individual, figure out how people learn and, and, and teach them the shit that they need to know, get off their ass, stop playing Xbox throughout the day, get out there and train your fucking dudes, like... That's gonna that's gonna that that that's gonna either make or break an infantryman and maybe the success of a mission in a future engagement, you know. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's why I'm glad we I'm kind of talking about this kind of shit on the uh, on the podcast because like, you know, anytime somebody brings this shit up, you know, you have like fucking three or four other people chiming in. Oh, you're a motivated faggot. This and that. no, dude. And I told you this before uh, we start recording. It's for me, at least, I wasn't fucking crazy motivated. I definitely didn't enjoy this shit, like, 100% of the time. Or maybe even 50% of the time I didn't enjoy this shit. But fucking, I did firmly believe in doing my job to the best of my ability. And then just going on with my life after that. And that's what a lot of, like, some of the best leaders I had um, did. And, you know, and, you know, talking about... um focusing on like those junior junior dudes juniors are like extremely moldable when you first get them they are fucking a sponge and fucking that's a good thing too because you can really fucking sit there and really just like form them it's it's like almost sculpting that's how one of my seniors kind of described it you have this fucking uh this mound of just like clay and you can create you know something you know beautiful with that shit and that's really what these junior dudes are and another thing is uh that i wanted to get on was counselings dude people really don't use counselings in the way that they can be super beneficial to dudes that might be struggling because a lot of times dudes like to bitch and moan about whatever fucking boot sucks the most or fucking complain about and be like oh they suck but you're not like 
if you're sitting there and just complaining about them and you're not sitting there and like actually working on the person telling them hey this is where you got shit fucked up this is how or this is like what you do day to day that fucking is wrong you know you just sit there and you work on these things with people and you sit there and you like counsel them you mentor them dude like people can really turn around in just a couple weeks and you know start to become that super proficient dude you want and need yeah, it, it turns into a now it's both y'all's fault that he's not progressing. Right, right, and you it know? really is, dude. Like people like to sit there and be like, you know, fuck this kid. He's fucking, you know, he's unfixable or whatever the fuck you might want to think. You know, that's just an example, but um, but that's a wrong, is, yeah, that's the wrong mindset to have, man. Is, yeah, it is, and the thing is, is like you might be unlucky enough to go to war with that son of a bitch one day. So don't you want to make him fixable? Right. Don't you want to try every outlet possible to make him a better infantryman? Because that might be the dude that has to get your ass home. I don't know if people are familiar with, uh, um, fuck, who was it? Uh, Dakota Meyer. Like he's a cuck of a human being. I'll say that to the day that I die because of his whole, like making fun of civilians for training bullshit. But as a Marine, he is a fucking salt dog. And the guy, the uh, gunny Kenefic that, um, uh, or no, 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 no. I'm I'm tripping. Him and Gunny made up the the new movie, The Outpost. The the Marine that that got kicked out the Marines for fighting joined the army. The bald dude that was crying at the end of the movie. It's a real story. Um, the guy that he tried to save at the end of the movie. They asked him and and uh, whenever he went through his counseling because he was so hurt over it. And they they asked him. They said, "Was that like your friend? Like was he like were y'all super close?" And he was like, "No, not at all. Like they yeah. were not. They hated. Yeah. They hated each other. But he still exposed himself to go save that guy." Because the fact that that might be who you're stuck with, you know, and I've never been to combat, but I know from combat vets that have told me whenever you're like actually in there, like nothing else really matters aside the guys to the left and right of you, even the ones that you fucking hate. So like you should probably spend all the time you can as a senior trying to better your juniors, because at the end of the day, your job as a senior is not to get them on your level. It's to make them better than you. Right. And that doesn't even need to be like something that's like, again, going back to this fucking you make like super gay and fucking oh you know let's fucking do all this motivated fucking you know this or that fucking no dude everybody has a different way that they uh like to be led and when you get a group of, of uh junior dudes together they're they're all, they're kind of moldable into the way that like any type of leadership will kind of work but once you really get to know them you can kind of figure out what they connect with best and like the way you talk with one person could be different than the way you talk with another person and that just might be what makes things work the best um it's essentially reading the room yeah yeah because if and, you sit and, 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 yeah because if, if, if no you're good man um because if someone's you know obviously you know hates the marine corps doesn't want to fucking be there and you start trying to tell them like all this motivated shit to get them to want to train that's not going to work dude it's not no and 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 the thing is, even when I was a junior, you know, as a junior, everybody hates their wives. So when I was a junior and I was coming home and bitching to my wife about like, man, I was like, I had to do this fucking stupid shit today. Like I'm fucking 22 getting told what to do by fucking 19 year olds, like all the stupid junior shit that everybody goes through. Right. Mm-hmm. Every time that somebody would ask me back home, they're like, how you like, they're like, how you like the Marine Corps? Oh, I hate the fucking Marine Corps, but I love the infantry. You know what I'm saying? Like you can be motivated about your job and still hate the gay Marine Corps shit that comes with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause Cause like when I'm walking around Camp Lejeune or like when I'm walking around Jacksonville, like I try to stay away from as many Marines as I possibly can. Cause like I want, I'm a civilian. Like I would like to live civilian life when I am not at work. But as soon as someone asks me, what's my MOS, that sense of pride starts to kick in. And that's how it should feel like, Oh yeah, I'm an 0311. Or like, Oh yeah, I'm an 0331. Or like, Oh yeah, I'm an 0341. 
And anyone that does not have that job, you can watch them. They look at you with envy. So you should honor that by actually being individually proficient at your job so you can be successful as a team and as a unit. Because otherwise, they're looking at you like a false You're They're looking at someone they shouldn't be with like envy. You know what I'm saying? Like you should, yeah. you should honor that. Like if you're 31, honor John Basilum. If you're an 0311, you should honor Dan Daly. Like if you're someone that's in chain of command, you should really read Marine about Chesty Puller and, and honor Chesty Puller and how he led and like and, and take notes from that. If you're a 41, I don't know, like Kylo Ren's gay ass. I'm, I'm playing. If you're a 41, you should you should you should honor those great guys that have done this shit before you, you know what I'm saying? And, and take that. Yeah, like, For me, it was honestly more of like a history kind of thing. Just seeing like, uh, going back to like world war two, where three, six was fighting on fucking throughout the Pacific. And it, it's, I don't know. That was just kind of what, what made me want to fucking, you know, just do my part at least. Cause I knew I was in peacetime. I knew I wasn't going to get to do anything, but you know, at the same time, I didn't want to shit bag out the entire time. And you know, I wasn't perfect. I won't, I won't act well, like I mean, a, yeah. No, nobody's perfect, man. Yeah. I was going to say, nobody's, nobody's perfect. But the thing is, you know, so September 10th, 2001, nobody expected the next day to happen. Dude, you know, I hit always... on this all the time with three. Okay, dude, you know where 3-6 was on 9-11? No. Three, okay, 3-6 was on a mew in the fucking um, Mediterranean. These dudes didn't even know what the fuck happened on the, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure word spread pretty fucking quick, but, um, yeah, you know, all of a sudden, two weeks later, they were invading Afghanistan. They went from a peacetime mew to fucking taking Bagram airfield. So, it, you know, it's, as gay yeah. as it sounds, you know, we always hate to hear the fucking, the balloon could go up at any time. You know, yeah, it sounds gay and fucking dumb, but at the same time, like it is, that is, um, the nature of how That's this shit works. Yeah, this is the na- that is the nature of how this shit works. Because fucking, you know, you ask anybody in one eight, they thought they'd be ending the fucking war in Afghanistan. You, they fucking all tell, look at you like you were fucking crazy. Yep. I mean, fuck, they were they were literally on their way back from yeah America. two weeks, and they would have been back in the states. Yeah, and then next thing you know, it's like, hey, motherfuckers, we're going to a real ass spot. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, that like or like. And, and before before I hop off here, because i got to wake the baby up, before I hop off here, a real-world example that everyone's seen Black Hawk Down. Two years prior to that, there was 20,000 Marines in Somalia doing that same exact mission. We obviously were there way deeper than the Army was, so they didn't really fuck with us like that. But we were doing the same thing. It was a humanitarian mission. Well, then two years later, the fucking uh, Task Force Ranger is there, and that's where you got the Rangers. You got the 160th SOAR, which is probably the baddest, the bad, the most badass pilots for helicopters in the world um and then you got delta there and then a couple pjs and a couple seals if you read the book they talk more about them um they weren't there on an offensive operation it turned into an offensive operation like they were there to 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 just literally watch the un uh un uh uh you know peacekeepers essentially give out aid and then it turned into okay let's get this asshole a deed so, like, it doesn't matter anywhere that you're at in the world. I mean, or 13 hours. You could be stationed somewhere, and all of a sudden, guess what? Benghazi happens, and you have someone that's actually willing to send back up, and then you do that. And that's that's evident of when the when there were those protests were going on outside of the embassy in Iraq when Trump was president. As soon as they started protesting, 100 Marines, and let's send the 101st. You might be one of those guys, and you never know what that might turn into. And yeah. you can't, there's, no, there's not enough time to become proficient at your job in the moment. You have to yeah, be proficient. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is if uh, if you don't know your shit, and then, you know, all of a sudden, oh, hey, this shit's getting real, it's it's too late. Like, you're kind of just fucking, you know, best of luck at that point. 
Yeah, the last thing that I will say is that that reminded me. They always say that you will not rise to the occasion. You'll fall back to the level of training that you've received. That's bullshit. You will not rise to the occasion. You will not fall back on the level of training that you have received. You will fall back on the level of training that you have mastered. That is what you will fall back on. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. But, yeah, so, man, fucking... We hit on a lot of good shit, dude. Fucking, I think this is, uh, this is pretty cool. Yeah, man, it was great. It was great talking to you, man. Yeah, I man. Think, I think... I think L Street, just just so you just so you know, like when I hit, man, like obviously there's a bunch of gay shit, but L Street was one of the, the 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 coolest things as a junior and like now as a senior for like the last year year plus. As a senior, it's and a, and as a junior, like as a essentially as a lower enlisted guy, L Street is one of the coolest fucking things to have for a unit, like because it, it's so it's so close to home and the fact that you guys are or being able to grow to the point where, like, I mean, fuck, you said I'm not gonna say their name. I don't want, I don't want to blow it. But the person you're having on tomorrow, or like the fact that you, you've had shit like reposted yeah, and knowledge from like <laughs> way larger accounts and shit like that, like that is absolutely awesome. And I think you're doing a lot of fucking good. Yeah, no, um, yeah, no. I, I'll go ahead and give a fucking yeah. Next, uh, next time the podcast goes up, it's uh, I'm gonna be uh, interviewing Continental Marine and talking about uh. Something that actually kind of segues uh, from this, and it's talking about all the foreign shit, dude. Like, learning all that shit. Like, fucking uh, Eastern countries, Western countries. Like, all yep. that shit, dude. Because that is just as important as fucking everything else, dude. Because if you guys, if fucking, you know, one day, and this sounds fucking stupid, but it, it's like an actual true thing. Like, one day, fucking World War Three breaks out, and you're in fucking Europe all of a sudden... And you see a fucking truck rolling down the road. You can't tell if it's a fucking Eastern style fucking vehicle or if it's a fucking, you know, the Swedish, you know, you don't want to be fucking shooting at your own fucking people. Yep. That shit's 100%. important. Yeah, that shit is very but, important. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, 100%. You, you got to know your enemy and you got to know your friend list. But uh, yeah, man, it's been good talking yeah, to you. I yeah, absolutely, bro. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on to the show. Um, and uh, to everybody, have a good night, and uh, we'll see you all next time. Yep, see you, brother.